This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week exploring the world of your mind and sports, how it all fits together. And uh, this show is about you, and we get into discussions about the mental side of sports and all the issues going on in sports. And obviously today in our lives, Sports has taken on a new role in society, in life. We are seeing now the comeback of professional sports. We're seeing baseball now getting into its second week, although we don't know how much longer it's going to last with the pandemic going on and a number of players and staff members becoming diagnosed with the virus. The NHL is getting started. The NBA has started. NFL training camps are going on. There's a lot happening. Colleges are starting to get practices going. Some colleges are not going to play. Some colleges are. It's a very confusing time. And if you're a sports fan, as as even though I'm a sports psychologist, I'm a sports fan, I, I have, like most of you, missed sports terribly these last few months. It's great to see it get started again. But then again, how safe is it? And, you know, the last couple of weeks we've talked about safety. We've talked about these issues. And today I'm going to have a couple of guests on who know about sports at the high school level. And we're going to talk with them about it because joining me today are going to be two athletic directors. Lane Green, whom I've known since the 1980s, has been a longtime athletic director in the Kansas City area. He's now the athletic director at Liberty North High School. He'll be joining us in a few minutes. I met Lane back in the 1980s when I was the sports psychologist for the University of Kansas working with the men's basketball team, and Lane was, at the time, was one of the student managers. And he's gone on to have a very successful career as an athletic director. So we're going to talk with him about how they're going to do it. How's it going to work? And also joining us this morning is Brad Sweeten, whom I've known for several years now, has formerly athletic director at Center High School, and now is a special education teacher at the Kansas City International Academy. Both of them are extremely knowledgeable about students, about caring for kids, and we're going to talk with them here in a few moments about how this is going to work, because we've got all kinds of issues going on with safety, with concerns. I had a mom and a son in this week in my office, and the young man is a, an athlete. His mother is is the head librarian at, at the high school. He's a junior, and we discussed this whole issue, and she said, look, I'm not going to let anyone in the library who's not wearing a mask. If they're not wearing a mask, they're not coming in. And the young man told me several kids told him they're not wearing masks when they come to school. Now, it's not required at his school. But he said, if people aren't going to be wearing masks, I'm not going to stay around. And 
you know, there's no baseball in the fall, at least here in the Kansas City area. I know our shows listen to it in a number of places around the country where baseball, well, sports go on year-round because they're warm climates. So we've got this issue going on right now. And these two gentlemen are going to join us throughout the show. We're going to talk about it and get their opinions and see how we can do this. So first of all, Brad Sweeten, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Doctor. I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. I know you've been on the show before, and I really appreciate your information and, and comments. And, and Lane Green, my friend, how are you? I'm doing good, Andy. How are you doing today? Great. You know, Lane, we've known each other for close to 30, let's see, 37 years now. Uh, and you'll still talk to me, so I guess there's something wrong with me on that perspective. I don't know. <laughs> well, it, it, I've known you for a long time, going core back to my days as an undergraduate at the University of Kansas, and when you were the psychologist for the uh, University of Kansas basketball program. And and uh, I've always had a lot of respect for you, Andy, and uh, the great things you do for young athletes. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So I'd like to let, let's, you know, you're both on, on the line at the same time, so which, which I think is great. And I want to get your, your thoughts. So, Brad, let's start with you. Um, you're not an athletic director now, but you have been for a long time. How do you, yeah. feel, about, how do you feel about sports getting started again at, at, the, at the high school level? What, what are your thoughts about it? Um, with um, many schools going to uh, virtual learning, I don't understand how we can put kids at risk um, in close proximity to each other um, and start sports. Uh, I saw last night that um, Lafayette County, which is Lexington, Missouri area, has canceled all fall sports. Did they say why? Did they do it? Because of the pandemic, because they're not going to put kids at risk. And... um, um, put them in that situation to make individual decisions. Do you feel it puts pressure on, you know, I, I think this puts undue pressure on everybody, on coaches, on parents, on kids, to, you know, if, if you can, if if the school is allowing sports to play, and in the state of Kansas, it was uh, this past week, a, the Board of Regents, I believe, voted five to four to have high school sports. And what I have heard is that there will be if a school is not in session, they're still going to have. If they're not having, you know, in in person classes, they're still going to have sports. So, well, you know, what do you think about that? That's my understanding. What's going to happen in Missouri? Maybe Lane can expound on that. But um, um, it seemed like in the spring when everything was ordered to shut down, there wasn't any pushback from it. But now it's you know as we trickle into starting things up again and maybe getting lax with the um, pandemic that individual decisions are um, struggling to, I think, I think to make correct decisions because um, what are sports for? You know, you're supposed to go out and play with your friends. And when my friend down the street, parents say, uh, Johnny can play, then I want to play too. And then that that makes a decision really tough for parents and I think for school officials. Lane, let's get your opinion on this. Well, um, you know, I think we'd all agree that there are tremendous physical and psychosocial benefits uh, to education-based athletics and, and activity programs. 
Um, and so at least in the Liberty School District, and I think most districts in the Kansas City area at this time, we are moving forward with our fall athletic season. Um, but we're, we're going to try to do it in, in such a way where the safety of the student participants is, is of utmost importance. Uh, we're going to try to strike that balance. Um, and uh, right now, yeah, it, it was actually the Keisha Executive Board that voted, I believe, five to four to move forward in Kansas. Uh, Missouri is moving forward as those sports are going to take place. Um, the uh, Missouri, at least, where I now work, uh, and I've been involved with uh, the Missouri State High School Activities Association has has basically kicked the can to the to the local level because we have different hot spots around the state. Uh, some smaller communities are in as bad a shape as the, the larger metropolitan areas. Um, I do know there's some districts in the St. Louis area who have um, gone ahead and said we're going 100 percent online. And we're going to, you know, we got to go to our first break here, Lane. We're going to come back and continue this. And I, I want to open up our phone lines when we come back for parents who may have questions, because this is an issue I think we're all concerned about, but the safety Absolutely. of kids and the, yep. and the teachers and the coaches. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? 
Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. Olivia from Washington. <clears throat> Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and today we're talking about the return to sports and the issues of safety, especially at the high school level. Joining me online are Brad Sweeten, special education teacher at Kansas City International Academy, and Lane Green, the athletic director at Liberty North High School. Both gentlemen I've known for a long time, have tremendous respect for. And I want to open up our phone lines. If you have a child going back to school, middle school, high school, maybe even the elementary school, and there's sports activities going on, how do you feel about it? Do you want them to play? Do you not want them to play? What, what if you find out that maybe somebody has the virus, you're concerned, we'd like to get your thoughts on that. So, Lane, we were talking before the break about this whole situation of, of the schools deciding individually if they're going to come back or not. So, so let's, let, let's go back to Brad. Okay, Brad, at your school, are, are there going to be sports? Well, at Kansas City International Academy, we have very limited sports. Um, at Center High School, where I formerly was the AD, um, they are going to have sports, yes, sir. Okay, so if you were still the AD there, how would you handle that situation? And then, Elaine, we'll go to you with that. So, so let's start with you, Brad. What, if, if there are sports going on, how would you handle this situation? Because it's, it's, you know, this puts a, a tremendous amount of stress on you guys as a, in, in that role as an athletic director. I, I would think that there has to be a tremendous amount of um, care and um, uh, taking care of kids um, because I don't, you know, the virus is something that somebody can carry it and doesn't know it even. And we hear about professional athletics starting and 
college athletics getting ready to start and they talk about being in a bubble well our kids are going out to jobs working with the public going home to families and we really don't know where they're um where they're at and i think that that's going to be one of the problems of high school sports is um monitoring kids and trying to keep so-called programs clean of the pandemic Lane, get your thoughts. Um, Well, you know, the safety of not just our student-athletes, but the safety of all students is of utmost importance. I I know at Liberty North and in the Liberty School District, and I think all school districts in the the metropolitan area and across the country, um, you know, the right decision was made uh, to close the schools in the spring. Uh, as well as sports, because we were in no way, shape, or form prepared to even attempt to have sports in the spring, um, and, and we shouldn't uh, at that time. I, I think we know a lot more now about the virus, about how the virus is spread, about those precautions you need to take, and those are the things worth zeroing in on in Liberty. I will say we take our cues, we take our direction 100%, by the Clay County uh, Department of Public Health, and and um, they are the ones that, that we turn to for direction, for for input regarding not just school but but our athletic programs. Well, because there's you know we talk about the the athletes, but you have the kids, you've got the adult, you've got the coaches, you've got the bus drivers, you have the custodians as well as the teachers, the librarians, the lunchroom ladies. The administrators, you got everybody involved. So there are a lot of people there. You know, like we said with the NBA or the NHL or Major League Soccer, they've been able to put everyone in, as they call it, in a bubble, protecting everyone, not letting anyone out. I know I work with several NFL players who are training camp now, and I've talked to a couple of them the past couple of days, and they've shared with me, you know, how everything is, is so controlled for them. So, like you mentioned, Lane. And, and Brad as well, you know, you've got kids going home, they're going to be at jobs, they're going to be around other people. So how will you control when kids come to attempt to, to go to practice? What's going to be the, I guess, Lane, we'll start with you with this. What are you going to do as an athletic director to work on the safety issues? What, what's the protocol that's going to be going on? Yeah, well, Jason Cahill, who is the athletic director at Liberty High School and myself, as well as district administrators, have been working on, on a number of protocols to ensure the, the, or not to ensure, but to minimize the risk, I think, that are put to our student-athletes. And, and those things first include um, a, an assessment of each student-athlete each day. They have to self-assess for not only their own well-being, but the well-being of their teammates, their classmates, and the other kids in school. You know, they self-assess for the, for the typical symptoms, the, the 100-degree temperature, chill, cough, all those things that, that we're supposed to self-assess for. Uh, there's a very good chance that under the recommendations of the Missouri uh, Association that we're going to be doing temperature checks with the infrared thermometers every day of our student-athletes. But we have a number of precautions that we're doing on a daily basis. Uh, using the lock, uh, number one, they have to have masks on while indoors at all times, um, unless there is a medical reason why a student can't wear a mask. Uh, shifts in the locker room, um, 
you know, we're not all going into the locker room at the same time. The, the start time for different position groups in football, for instance, will be different. Uh, they'll report to practice and shift. They'll be released from practice and shift. Uh, we're, you know, the, the wearing of the gaiters. I'm just ordering about a thousand gaiters. Uh, those are the neck wraps that you can pull up over your nose and your mouth. Uh, for student athletes, they're all going to be wearing them whenever they're not involved in actual physical activity. They're going to have that gator pulled up around their face. Um, even when coaches are addressing officials during games, they will have to have the gator up around their face. All of our coaches are now wearing face coverings when they're indoors and outdoors when they can't social distance. All right, let me, let me, let me interrupt you yeah. here, Lane, real quick. Yeah, you uh, bet. What if you have someone who refuses to wear a face mask? Because you're hearing, you know, I, I watched an interview yesterday down in Georgia where a uh, high school student is putting together a, a, a mandate or he's he's got a petition out going out about not being forced to wear face masks in school or in sports. So what would you do if you have a young man or young lady who says, I'm not wearing one? What would you do? Well, one thing, we've had sports going on since middle of June in, in the Liberty School District. And every day we've had hundreds of kids uh, converging on the school. And we have not ran into that yet where a young person refused to wear a face mask. But I will say that the participation in education-based athletic programs is a privilege. It's not a right. There are certain expectations that come with that. And and I can imagine in our district, for the safety of all kids, if somebody who, who can easily wear a face mask refuses to, they won't be participating in our programs. I think that's going to be a, a basic expectation of all of our student, student participants. Um, it, you know, that being said, there may be an occasional exception because that person can't wear a face mask because of asthma or some other precondition that, that Right. I, yeah, but I'm talking about someone who refuses to wear one, so there's a protocol to go. Now, we're going to go to our next break here in a minute. And, Brad, when we come back, you, you at Center had this tremendous email program where you got people involved and talked about feelings, talked about how everybody cared about things, and, and you talked a lot about love, you know, loving yes, students, yes. giving them the opportunity to feel. So I want to come back. I want, I want to have you start talking about the psychological component here. And as a former athletic director, how you feel kids are going to deal with this because the emotional component, not that Lane, Lane you're going to jump into, but Brad, that, that's something you've really specialized in. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. 
One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. My guests today are Brad Sweeten. And Lane Green, they're educators. They're men who have been involved in the world of sports at the high school level for a long time. I've known both of them for a long time, have tremendous respect for both of them, and wanted to have them on with us this morning to talk about the, the return to, to sports. And, and you know, as we went to our break, Brad, um, I asked you to, to think, I'd like you to comment on the emotional, the psychological side of this the pressure to come back, the feel, the, the desires of these kids and parents that everybody wants to come back and play sports, but they don't want to come back if they're not safe. And, you know, our show's syndicated. We're on a number of cities around the country, 
and it shows our podcast. So a lot of people listen to this show after it's aired live. But what would you say to a young man or young lady who comes in to you and said, says they're scared about playing? What, what would you say to them? Because, you, you know, you, you're very you've been very sensitive to the psychological issues of, of the students when you were at, at center. So what would you say, say to a young man or woman who comes in with those issues? When they come in with those concerns, I think um, I think you have to explain um, the precautions you're taking, like Lane talked about a while ago, what they're doing at Liberty North or in the Liberty School District. Um, I also think you have to um, hear the kid out. I mean, what are their concerns? Um, who are they going home to? Are they going home and they living with Grandma who could have health issues there? Um, what what are the other things going on in their life that um, makes this bigger than just as an individual? And for for you, Lane, since you're an AD right now, let's say you have someone on a team who comes in, their parents come give you a call and say they're scared and they're not sure they want their son or daughter to play. Maybe their son or daughter is a really good athlete. Uh, how are you going to deal with that with the team? Because, you know, there are going to be some people who are going to be upset that some kids don't want to play. I'm sure sure there's, that's going to happen. So how would you deal with that? Well, uh, we fully expect that we will have student-athletes who opt out for, for personal reasons, much the same way Damian Williams you know, announced this past week. But, yeah, I, I, I agree 100%, Brad. Just uh, you got to listen to them, hear what their concerns are, tell them what you are doing as a school district to help minimize the risk uh, of participation. And, and, and it comes down to the fact that it's a family decision whether they're going to participate or not. And yes, there may be some people, I guess, that, that would be disappointed that they're not playing, but, um, you know, they could be the star player on the team. But it's going to be a family decision and a personal decision. Uh, if they're going to play or not, and and it, it, it's I think coaches play a tremendous role in this too, in explaining to the student athletes it's, uh, that we're going to move forward, um, uh, and and we may not have the full complement of players that we've normally had, but but uh, just reassure the family that we're going to do everything in our power to minimize the risk to student athletes. I'd like you both to comment on the word fear. I've talked about this the last couple of weeks on this show. A lot of people are, I, I, we're all scared now. I mean, we, you know, we're, we're living in an unknown time. None of us have ever been through something like this. And, you know, the, the virus was getting under control. Now, you know, a lot of places in the country where it's not under control right now, especially in the South and in the West, California, Arizona, Florida, Texas, a number of other states. There have been here in Kansas City, I know there have been increased numbers of cases. So, fear. And the psychological component here, you know, let's let's face it. We we all know in sports we talk about mental toughness. We talk about you know being mentally strong. But I and, and I've I've for years, you know, I've been on the radio twenty nine years. And uh, the day after Labor Day will be my fortieth year of work as a sports psychologist. And emotions, feelings, how people care about themselves. That's what it's all about. And so. How are you guys going to, you know, I, I think one of the things that's so important is communication and setting up a channel for these kids or parents or coaches to talk about their fears. What do you think about that? 
Uh, I would completely agree. It has to be out there. Fear is always something is the unknown, and um, uh, you've got to put it. You got to put all your cards on the table. You got to make the unknown um, try to be clearer. Lane, what about you? Yeah, well, you know, we all know that fear is an emotion, and it's usually induced by a perceived danger or threat. And and I agree with Brad. You gotta uh, just lay all the cards on the table, and 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 uh, you know there, there's a lot of inherent risk sometimes with participation in athletics. Uh, COVID is definitely one we're dealing with now that we've never had to deal with before, and uh, you just have to provide all the information that you have as a school and as a district, and, and then the parents can make that decision in much the same way that some parents are opting for online-only education while uh, others are, are opting for the in-person. So, yeah, I just think you got to communicate. And you've got to honor the fear that people have and, and once again, uh, assure them of all those things you're doing to mitigate the risks involved with participation. What's the rationale, if, if you can both comment on this, of, of a school district or a school itself to not have classes but to have sports does that make sense brad let's start with you well i'll always say that the the most important thing about uh, schools and the success of schools and students are the relationship with adults and i think schools are trying to continue that uh in any way possible trying to continue um, the kids um, uh, gelling with coaches, trying to buy into that, and still trying to buy into school. I know virtual learning, the toughest thing about virtual learning is there's no relationship component. And um, I'll always believe that that, will, that is the most important thing. Lane, what do you think? Well, you know, we talk about the three R's in education, and uh, the three R's I'm talking about are rigor, relevancy, and relationships. And, and, and you know, athletics, especially with two of those three R's, the relevancy and relationships provides that for our young people. Uh, I will say that the Missouri State High School Activity Association has said, at least at this point, because it's constantly evolving, that if a school is going 100% virtual, online that there won't be, they cannot participate in the student activity and athletic programs. However, if a district offers in-person classes and some of the students opt for the virtual component, then you can still have your athletic uh, programs. And, and uh, but, uh, you know, I agree with Brad on that. And, and that, you know, we're trying to provide opportunities for kids to be plugged in and to have meaningful relationships with adults and 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 to be relevant in the school and connected to the school and way beyond just the classroom. Have you, Lane, had any parents contact you yet? I know things are just getting started, but have you? Yeah. Have... I've had a handful of conversations with parents. Um, and you're a parent. You've got, you've got kids who are in high school. Yes, and I have a daughter who participates in um, – high school basketball right now. I have a son that just graduated. And, uh, you know, she is opting uh, for um, the in-person component and still 
hopes to be able to play sports this, this coming year. But yes, I, I certainly empathize and understand what the parents are going to because I want to make sure her schools, she doesn't go to the Liberty schools. Uh, we still, I just started at Liberty North a month ago. We still live on the Kansas side, but I want to make sure her school is doing everything they can to minimize the risk as well. Joining me today are Brad Sweet and Elaine Green. They're educators, they've, they've history and athletics, they're teachers. They understand what's going on here. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. Your football buddy. Or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker. Your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. 
I call it Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. <clears throat> Excuse me. Joining me this morning are Brad Sweeten, special education teacher at Kansas City International Academy, former athletic director the Center School District in Kansas City, and Lane Green, head athletic, head athletic director at Liberty North High School on the Missouri side of the state line here in the Kansas City area. And we're talking about returning to sports. Uh, you've both been giving some great information. So let me ask you both, let, let's talk about the psychological component here. Now, we talked about fear. Anxiety, stress are part, you know, it's part of life. We all feel it. You guys are going to feel it. The coach are going to feel it. The, the kids are going to feel it. How are we going to deal with the whole psychological component of this? And, and, and Brad, let's start with you. As someone who has put a lot of time and effort when you were at center into the emotional side of kids and how they felt about things, how would you handle a young man or woman who comes in to talk to you about their fears about this? What would you say to them? Um, I think you have to be very realistic with them. Um that I have fears about it too, and, and show them that that's not a, not a weakness, um, and uh, try to confirm their fears, um, and just try to reassure them that um, everybody's trying to take care of everybody else. I, I I don't know. I mean, there's that unknown factor that I don't know about, and um, I think it's just um, sitting down and being. Um, being real with the kid that um, you have those struggles too. I think that's a great comment. Lane, what do you think? Well, I, I agree. It's 100% with what was just said. Um, I think listening, um, being very realistic with the, the, the facts, um, uh, explaining those things that you're doing to try to make ensure that they stay as safe as possible. Uh, but, but I just think as an educator, I've learned over the years, you've got to listen and, and uh, be a person that they can come to, a trusted person, and talk about their fears with. Uh, but I agree 100% with what Brad just said. Okay, what are you guys going to do if you've got an athlete, a parent, or maybe a coach who doesn't agree with the policies, you know, doesn't agree with what's going on, how things are being handled? And we're, you know, we're hearing this a lot around the country. Everyone's not in agreement on a lot of things, but pertaining to, to playing sports. You've got some, some parents maybe who come in who are upset because you are playing or, or you're not playing. How, how would you handle those disagreements? Uh, I believe that um, you have to talk about your policies, what you're going to follow, um, and um, explain that to them and maybe even the reason why you're doing it. Um, I heard Lane talked earlier about it. Uh, High school sports is a privilege to play. It's not not a requirement. Um, maybe we need to keep in mind why we have high school sports. You know, it's not to get a kid a scholarship. It, you know, it's not to make a kid a professional basketball player. High school sports has a different meaning than that. And what, what would you say that meaning is? Um, to get kids' life experiences of... Uh, knowing how to deal with others, knowing how to deal with adversity, um, knowing how to go um, 0 for 15 and still go up to bat and keep swinging. And um, that I think there's so many more important factors than what many people think out there is the kid's going to be a professional 
sports player and be a millionaire. Lane, let's get your thoughts on that. That's unrealistic for the most part. Yeah, I, I agree with what Brad's saying, but also I'd like to add to that. If a parent, that, that going back to your question, doesn't like the policies or the way we're going about things, um, you know, in the Liberty School District, we, we're not pulling our, our guidelines, our policies, our protocols out of thin air. We are, are adhering to the best information available to us through our local Department of Health. And I think every single district in the Kansas City metro area and probably across the country are relying heavily on their local Department of Health and how the spread of the disease is happening in the local area. And uh, we are, I, I would say, 100% looking toward the authorities uh, in terms of giving us guidance regarding what we're doing. And if the parents don't like that, we can agree or disagree. But, you know, we're going to go with the best information available to us our local health department. You know, you both know have known me for a while. And, of course, Lane, we, you saw me work with the KU basketball team back in the 80s. One of the things that I'm very, very big on is – team is having team meetings having discussions and one of the things that i think especially now would be appropriate and and lane maybe you've already got this idea set up at liberty north but for i think to have a meeting with all the the coaches and 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 make it a regular meeting where they can sit and share and talk about how they're dealing with this talk about their feelings their frustrations their stressors their, their their positives going through this because i think Sitting and sharing together as a group is really important. Just like having the coach sit down with his team. You know, it's great to sit and go through plays. Uh, here's how we're going to run this play, or here's what we're going to do in this situation. But I also think now more than ever, it's important to have team meetings where kids can sit down. A coach will take his kids and let them sit down and talk about how are you doing, how are you feeling about everything. But also maybe on a regular basis have the coaches meet and just talk about how they're handling this. I mean, Lynn, what do you think about that? Critical, Andy. That uh, you know, we have uh, professional learning communities in our schools where teachers get together and exchange ideas and talk about best practices, and 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 we do the same thing in the sports world. We're, we're going to have a professional learning community this year with our coaches. We get together and dispel fears, talk about best practices, uh, good ideas uh, for working with the young people. And, and not just on the field, but off the field in those discussions about fear, those types of things. Um, uh, we are having parent meetings, preseason parent meetings. We normally do one with all the parents coming in together. We're not going to do that. We're doing it sport by sport where we can social distance during those meetings. And, and, and I'm going to be at every single one of those to answer questions that parents may have. And in much the same way that you're asking questions, I'm sure they're going to have many of the same questions as well. As educators, as we wrap things up here today, as you're both educators, what are each of you, we'll start, Brad, with you, what, what's your biggest concern about this whole situation right now? And then Lane will go to you. Um, my biggest concern is um, bringing sports back in and affecting everything else that goes on in the school uh, and not in a positive way. Because we know sports can do that. Sports can set the tone for everything that happens in a school. But if we bring kids back and we get more kids infected or we infect coaches um, or other staff, then that's just, it's a downhill spiral. So the, my concern is 
um, um, making it worse, um, making the situation worse. And um, but it also has potential to make it so much better. Lane, what about you? Well, I, I of course I share the same concern that Brad has with sports. Are we going to be able to do it in such a way uh, where we keep the kids safe? Uh, one of my biggest concerns, also the offshoot of that, is we can control the kids, the social distancing, the wearing a mask, uh, protective. Uh, you know, uh, gear and stuff like that while they're at our athletic practices. But it's what they do when they're at home. I, I fear the kids sometimes don't take it as seriously as they should. And, and, you know, they may go to parties on Friday night or hang out with their friends. We can't control, in other words, what they do away. Uh, but another fear I have is what happens if we don't have sports. Uh, because we all know that the, the tremendous value that comes from participation in not just sports, but education-based activities. So I fear if we can't do it, um, uh, you know, how are the kids going to be able to replace that in their own personal lives? It's a big dilemma we're in right now, and it's a learning experience for all of us because nobody knows because we haven't ever dealt with this before. I want to thank you both so much for joining me today. This has been very informative, and for people who uh, – podcast listen to the podcast of this show i think they can get a lot out of it of course our shows are podcasted here at sports radio 10 whb they're podcast on my website winnersunlimited.com they're on soundcloud apple itunes so i want to thank you both for joining us lane green if anyone wants to reach you how can they get a hold of you well my it, probably email is the best way uh, my email address is lane.green at lps from liberty public schools 53.org Brad Sweeten, how can people reach you? People can reach me through um, my email address, which is uh, bsweeten, S-W-E-E-T-E-N, at K-C-I-A dot U-S. Thank you both so much for being with me today. This has been a tremendous show, and a lot of people need to hear this. Best of luck to both of you. Thank you so much. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. You can reach me at my office at 816-561-5556. My website's winnersandlimited.com. Tell people to listen to the podcast of this show. It's going to help people out. Have a great week. Be safe. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Olivia, from Washington. 
laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna, from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha, from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.